Welcome to Kenny and the Coaches. March is here and spring break is just around the corner and before you know it, May and spring football will be here. On this episode, I visit with a coach that's ready to run his new squad through spring ball. Today, I visit with new Watonga head football coach, Matt Walter. And here's our conversation. All right, coach, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to visit with me a little bit today. Oh, no problem. Coach, I always start uh, always start the interview out with asking this question of, of coaches. Who were some of the people in your life that influenced you to become a coach, and who are some of the people that you look to for advice? <clears throat> You know, I didn't ever want to be a coach, you know, throughout high school. And then really through college, kind of when I was done playing in college, um, uh, my head coach, well, my head coach when I was playing was Coach Tim Albin. And um, he had kind of mentioned it to me a couple times. He's the head coach now at Ohio University. Um, But then Mm. really my senior year, two years of GA, or my senior year, uh, Garen Higgins was the head coach at Northwestern. And, um, after I got done playing, he kind of asked me what I was doing afterwards. And at the time, I was going to try to be a CSI and had a degree in, in uh, biochemistry and thought that I would, you know, kind of pursue something something in that field. Um, but, uh, you know, I started thinking long and hard about, you know, that and, and really enjoyed uh, playing for those guys and, you know, started GAing and then, um, you know, kind of fell in love with it and been doing it ever since. Uh, so it was kind of one of those things where, you know, growing up, I didn't want to be a coach. That was never the idea. I wanted to play football. Mm-hmm. And then after that, move on. But, you know, kind of, you know, I just looked back and was like, man, do I want to live without having football every day? And I didn't. And <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what led me to where I'm at now. Um, but, you know, as far as looking for advice, people talk to those two all the time. Um, you know, it's it's – you know, I talked to a lot of a lot of my buddies in the profession, obviously, um, but definitely look up to those two. Uh, Coach Mummy was invaluable to me. Uh, Coach Hal Mummy, when I was working for him, learned a lot, a lot about not just offense or football, just you know how to treat people, how to be around people, uh, how to be a professional in the in the, in this profession. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another guy, uh, Damon Harrington, the strength coach that was at Louisiana Tech. Uh, that I still keep in touch with. It was great with um, development of players and and how to uh, develop relationships with them. You know, I still look to those guys quite a bit. Um, you know, then of course high school ranks. Uh, you know, one of my good friends is a, a head coach at um, in Hazel, Texas, and and uh, we played high school ball together. And he's the head coach there now. And mm-hmm. I talk to him a lot. You know, call him for advice. Um, you know, then there's something, I mean, there's some countless others, but those are kind of those those ones off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, that I always, I always ask that because I kind of like to see or hear people's kind of tree, you know, kind of where they came from and how they got into it. It's kind of, it's kind of amazing how you know I always tell kids all the time in my classes. I'm like, you know, you a lot because I'm teaching a financial literacy class, and <clears throat> one of the things that we go over, you know, what do you want for a career and all that stuff, and there's. You got your you got you got your doctors, your vets, and then you got your diesel mechanics. You know you got a variety of things, and I'm always, I always tell them, I'm like, you know, you never know what you're going to be. You have an idea of what you want to be now, but I tell them all the time. I was like, when I was in college, I never knew it. Even going through college, I didn't know what I was going to be because I changed my major like five different times. So don't ever say you're not going to do one thing because it's all if if it's 
if you find something you love, it may not be what you think it is now, you know? Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Exactly right. Now, 23 years as a college coach, I mean, a lot of that is a head coach. Coming into, like, your first stint as a high school head coach, what do you kind of anticipate being some of the challenges? I'm going to tell you right now, already, the scheduling. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not scheduling games. Not scheduling games. The schedule is so different. I'm used to having those guys four or five hours a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that they're all together. Yeah. Um, high school, they're all over the place. Uh <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. It, which is crazy. You're like, oh man, it happens faster in high school. Yes, because you only get this amount of time with them. So of course you got to simplify things. You're not doing everything uh, as, um, you know, as intense maybe, but you're definitely um, in under pressure to be efficient with your time. Yes. More than you are honestly even in, in college. So um, it's that's been one. Um, another one. I mean. Obviously, uh, you know, I'm kind of a air raid guy, but, you know, at Northwestern, after the first two years, we were air raid. We, we lived up passing, and then um, quarterback graduated. The quarterback I had kind of take over was more of a runner. Uh, we ended up 14th in the country in rushing that next year. So, you know, I've, I've been able to be adaptable, but still had the same principles. Um, and you can always recruit to whatever principles that you may have. Mm-hmm. Uh, in high school, you're going to definitely, or you should, and I know all the good ones do, kind of adjust their system based on the players they have. You know, unless you have, you know, if you're, you know, you got 7,000 kids at your school, mm-hmm. you know, six, eight, Texas or over there, you know, Bixby or somebody, you, you're going to be able to have probably similar type players to what you need to fit what you do. Uh, I'm in a Class A school, which I'm loving the fact that it's it's small, it's very uh, personal. Um, they, you know, you're gonna have to feel what you do based on what they're good at, and um, you know that's something that's a different challenge. You're not recruiting um, like that, you know, but that's mm-hmm. also um, not a bad thing. I mean, it's not a bad or good thing. It's just definitely different. Yeah, you know, that was one of the questions I was going to ask was about how. You, how much of your scheme do you think from from your college days do you think will be able to implement in your program? And you you answered that perfectly. I mean, <clears throat> I think a lot of times, probably older school coaches, if that makes if that term makes sense, they're more of a you know I'm, we're going to do things my way. You know we're going to do it this way because I've done it this way. I'm not going to change. And I think that I think you're right. I think that is adapting to what what your kids strengths are i think that's that's a big thing and one thing that see i'm kind of just the opposite of you i've been in eight man coaching all my coaching career and the school that i was at last year we had moved up to 11 man and i never coached 11 man and i was kind of coming into it thinking 
all right, I know this 11 man, I know things have kind of changed over the years. Everybody's going to be spread out and it's going to be kind of air raid stuff. And then, you know, I get to breaking down film of all the teams that we're going to play. And I'm like, well, holy crap, this is like the stuff I ran whenever I was in high school. You know, I wasn't, right. I wasn't expecting it to be in a phone booth, but that's where the majority of teams in, in our district were, were playing. So right. I know it is kind of an adjustment because I, I had this big idea of what we're going to do. I hadn't seen any film on anybody, just kind of what I knew other people in bigger classes were doing. So I, 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 I feel you about the adjustment part, trying to fit things to what your kids are and, you know, planning for things that you, you don't know what it's going to be until you get to it, you know. <clears throat> I mean, I'm excited about that, to be honest with you. I'm super excited because, you know, it's going to give me a chance to – I mean, we've always uh, adapted kind of what we do. You know, you're always evolving. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I know traditionalists in the air raid, you know, Coach Mummy being being that guy. I mean, even he would adapt certain things, you know, don't get it, you know. But, you know, you look at Saban. Mm-hmm. You know, like Saban changes offense. I know he's retired now, but changes offense, you know, don't every year based on, you know, the coordinator he had because he had a new coordinator almost every other year. Um, and then also based off the talent he had. You know, they could have probably run whatever they wanted and it would have worked probably. But at the end of the day, he saw what, what the landscape of football was, was becoming and he made himself adaptable to it. And, you know, I think all of us can take a lesson from that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Matonga has a rich tradition of winning. Uh, I mean, but you, you do have a rebuild on your hands. I mean, 0-10 last season, two wins the previous year. And yep. you're in that situation that a lot of schools run into where, you know, you're the third coach in as many years. What's kind of your approach going to be to kind of get the Eagle program back into contention, back with to that tradition that they of years before? First and foremost, you know, I want I want to lean on that tradition and, and kind of show these guys. And they, obviously, none of them were even born when the, when the last time you know, we won a state championship. Mm-hmm. But you know, there are six of them hanging in the in the hallway, you know, mm-hmm. and the, the, the trophies in the trophy case, so they can see that it's been done. It can be done. Um, and it's not, it's achievable. They can, they can actually touch it, you know. Uh, but then, you know, just starting with, and this is a big word in coaching culture, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but having a standard and setting a standard and sticking to it and not, uh, you know, wavering from it in any way uh, for any reason. You know, once they have that and they have those parameters, you know, then you can start work, worrying about X's and O's. But, you know, we started here this first month of just, you know, training and developing um, you know, kind of setting our standard, just setting the standard of what needs to what needs to be and what what we need to be moving forward in order to get to those wins that we want. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a reason why it's kind of a coaching cliche is because it works. You know, I mean that you get that you get the culture right, you get your players right, your community falls in line. Usually, I mean, there's I, I, you said it's kind of a, a used term, but it's a it's a valid used term because it does. It's one of those things that. It's one of those formulas that's always worked and always will work, you know. Right, absolutely. Now, now going into <clears throat> spring ball is going to be something a little bit different for you too. How are you going to approach that? Because I know different people kind of approach spring ball in high school than others do. Some people don't even do spring ball. You know, some people do as much as they can. How are you kind of planning on? I guess it's going to be kind of your first, you know, on-field introduction to the to the guys. Well, we're we're going to do it. We're going to do some semblance of it. You know. Um, how deep we get into what we want to do, I don't know that. Mm-hmm. I know our numbers are really good. Um, 
So numbers-wise, I think we'll be able to do whatever we want practice-wise. As far as number of practices, we want to – obviously health is a factor, but if we want to scrimmage at the end or, you know, play a, a spring game, I think we would be able to do that. Um, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, that being said, you know, I, I think that it's very important for this being the first year. And the last two years they haven't done spring ball. Mm. So, yeah. So – I think you can point to that. That's that's part of a problem. Yeah. Oh, so, you know, we need to get going and get started as soon as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. And I think that that uh, that's important, and they they're excited to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's that's what I was going to ask next. Do you kind of feel like the kids are kind of anxious to get ready? You know, you got this college coach coming in, or you feel like the excitement levels up? Yeah, I don't think it's about the college thing. I think they just want somebody that's stable and wants to be there. Sure. Um, if, if, I mean, sure. I mean, they're going to ask certain things about, Hey, you know, cause they'll see, you know, they've even asked them off cause I got some pictures of some, some guys that I've had in the NFL, you know, Hey, who is that? You know, what is that? You know, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, they just want somebody to be there. that's consistent that, that treats them consistently. Um, this there and wants to be there. And, and, you know, I think that that's the most important thing to get them excited more than, anything about college, you know, college. Sure, sure. Now, how's, so far, how has the Watonga community been for you and your family? Uh, I mean, it's been awesome. You know, I mean, everybody's been been very uh, supportive. Um, you know, I mean, it's still early, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll after, after, you know, there'll be times they're not going to like me. That's going to be. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, at the end of the day, you know, if they know you have their best interests of the, the program at heart, you know, I think they can look past even even their personal feelings about certain things, whether it be their player, their their son not playing, mm-hmm. or what we're doing, or you know, the outcome of a certain game. You know, to me, you know, it's going to be how we do things right now. Uh, yeah, we want to win every game. No, every coach does, but how we do it starting off is going to be a telltale sign of what we need to do moving forward. Yep. Yep. Now, I mean, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, kind of fill in the blank here. A successful season for the Watonga Ingles in twenty 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 four will be what? Competitive in every game. There you I mean, go. Yep. I want to be disciplined, competitive every game. I want to play clean football. You know, uh, not turn the ball over. You know, all those things. You know, I'm not going to put a win on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I want to compete, obviously. For a district championship or a play or a playoff spot, you know. But at the end of the day, if you take the first step first, you got to focus on the first step. And um, you know, I think that the rest of that will take care of itself. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I always, I kind of ask this question every now and then of different coaches. Which do you think is probably more vital? Because I've, I've interviewed a lot of guys that are more offensive minded, but I'm a defensive guy, so I'm always going to say the defense is more important. But, I mean, in your eyes, I mean, and I know all three phases have to work together, but do you see, like, if you're strong in one area, in one of those three areas, do you think that your team can be more successful and if they're stronger in another area? Does, it, is that, is that a, does that question make sense? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you got to play complementary football for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think that, that one plays off the other if you have really good defense. 
you know, your offense can, can adapt and, and maybe hold the ball longer or take more chances, one of the two. Or I'm sorry, take more chances. If, if your defense is not good, mm-hmm. you know, you can the ball a little bit longer. Um, defensively, if your offense is really good and you know they are, take chances. You know, take chances, you know, that, that you may not have taken, you know, maybe a couple cover zeros all of a sudden that you may, may not have normally done if your offense wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that, that that's kind of the key to that. Um, if you're asking me what I'd rather have, I'd rather no one ever score and then yeah. have a chance to win at the end. Um, I'm definitely an offensive guy. Yeah. And I want to put up lots of numbers for sure, lots of points, because that's what's exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end of the day, when it comes to winning games, I mean, if they don't, it's true because people say it because it's true. Yeah. If they don't score, they can't win. Yeah. And my mom, she's always, you know, I've been a defensive coordinator all my coaching career. and. <laughs> Mom's always the biggest fan. She's always like, "Well, your your side of the ball is the only side of the ball that can score. You you can score on defense. You can't stop them on offense." You know, I, I'm just sure. I'm just like, "Sure, yeah. mom." You know, <laughs> that's a great point, though. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. She's pretty wise. She's pretty wise. So hopefully she'll listen to this and hopefully it gives me some brownie points. <laughs> so. Okay. Now, from your years coaching college ball, have you noticed that kids seem to come into college ball? In a, in a physical sense, more prepared or less prepared over the years? They're definitely bigger and stronger and faster. Um, I mean, that's, you know, in that science, you know, the mm-hmm. science is kind of the training that comes behind it's a lot, uh, a lot better. It just is. It's better. We're smarter about how we treat the body mm-hmm. than, than we've ever been. Um, so that, that's definitely yes. Um, <clears throat> from a physical sense, yes. Um, now, I mean, from a toughness sense and all that, you can, that's debatable. You yeah. know, it's debatable because, you know, you're just – the game's changed a lot. It's not as physical. just not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as physical. You know, it's physically faster. Kids are physically bigger. They're physically stronger. But they're not as tough because they don't have to be mm-hmm. the way we've made it. So That is true. That is true. I've, I mean – I almost hate watching NFL games anymore just because of the what they call unnecessary roughness or you know target targeting they're usually pretty consistent with but I mean just some of the un- unnecessary hits I'm like ah uh, you know protect the two hundred million dollar quarterback though yeah yeah I mean goodness it's I I I I could do a whole other hour well, on got, that they got, they got to have those viewers when when Patrick's on the field that is true viewers aren't watching. That is true. Um, and we don't have to deal with that at high school or college level. So I, I do think that it's officiated completely different um, from level to level, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think, it, yeah, well, I would agree with that. College or NFL. Mm-hmm. That, for sure. Yeah. Now, for a kid that has a dream of being a collegiate athlete and knowing, you know, being in it for 23 years, what advice would you give them? in their pursuit of being a college athlete? What is it, What is one thing that you think that they need over everything else? Well, I mean, this is cliche, but it's so true. I mean, the first thing we always look at is your grades. I mean, it tells you a lot. Your grades tell you a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you turn on the film, and that tells you a lot. But your grades tell you how hard a worker you are, obviously, how you, if you retain or can hold information, um, which is obviously very important in football because once you're in it, you realize football is very difficult to understand. Um, if you're doing it right, you know, to to a person that hasn't been in it, um, so you, you got to have that um, that intelligence level and be able to 
you know, communicate that information and regurgitate it uh, for sure. Um, but the, the biggest advice for these guys is, you know, I'll tell you what, and this is not, maybe not the biggest advice, but they got to watch more football. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Kids don't watch the game, and they don't learn from the game. Yeah, fo- so, I would imagine football I, IQ is a huge thing. Yes, the football IQ. And I've noticed these, these guys we're getting in college are not, they don't understand the game. They're very talented. Mm-hmm. So they don't watch the game. And you ask them, hey, do you watch, uh, do you watch football? No. <laughs> they don't matter. That doesn't, uh, okay, that that's irrelevant. <laughs> like, yeah. if those don't watch the game, they don't understand situations. They don't understand, you know, things about the game that you learn from a, a commentator, honestly. You know, um, they just got to watch the game a lot more than they do. Or they're not going to be able to be very good, usually, in college. I mean, that's a big, big factor, um, which people don't probably think about, but it's huge that a lot of college coaches do think about. Um, you know, and then, you know, they'll, all those things, work hard, all that, you'll go to camps, you know. That, that is important to get your name out there. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're good enough, that, that old saying, hey, they'll find you, I don't necessarily agree with. You've got to promote yourself. You got to put yourself out there. You got to have help from your coaches to do that. Um, you know, you got it. You got to go to camps. You know, we don't have travel football. You can't have baseball and basketball. Mm-hmm. You don't have AAU. So a lot of times these coaches cannot go to your games. Yeah. Work with you in person. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's huge. And then the other thing is for these guys is. Really look in the mirror and be honest with yourself at what level you are. You know, yeah. if you're not getting an offer from OU, you're before your junior year, you're not probably going to get one. Mm-hmm. So start looking at other smaller schools or other schools that, that may be at your level that are talking to you. Um, you know, so there, there's there's those cases where those kids bet on themselves, they walk on and they make it for sure. Mm-hmm. That happens, but those are far and few between. Man, that's some of the – I've asked that question to quite a few people, and that's the, the best answer I think I've gotten. I mean, that's the most honest and just best answer I've got. Now, you said that about the grades. That's the first time someone said something about that. I'm, I hope this kid that I was talking to today will listen to this one because I'm doing like an ACT prep class, and this kid was like, I don't want to do good. I don't, I don't need to take this. I'm – blah, blah, blah. You know how kids don't want to do stuff. And I, I knew the kid is a baseball player, and he was like – you know, I, I asked him if he wanted to play college baseball. He was like, yeah. And I was like, well, hey, the better that you do on this ACT, the the more likelihood it is that you're going to get a better scholarship. Because, I mean, there's a hundred, probably, probably more than a hundred, there's thousands of kids that want to be the next you in college. And if they got a better ACT score, if they got better grades, they're probably going to look at that other kid than you, you know. And then... Right. And then uh, uh, on to the, the football IQ thing. I think that's even something that, that you notice with, with even junior high and high school kids, kids that just watch the game and know the game. That's one thing I always do with my, my son, who's a junior now. He wants to play college football. We'll sit down and we'll watch probably more college than we do uh, pros. But I'll be sitting there and I'll start calling out what coverage they're running in the secondary. You know, you know, just so to kind of get it into his head. So maybe he'll start doing that same thing. Maybe he'll, you know, what are they running up front? Where are they running in the second level? I always try to keep his mind going on that side of it because I don't ever watch the offensive side because it's all it's all deception anyway. (laughs) But uh, but I'm I'm always trying to get his mind thinking. Okay, are they trying to disguise this coverage? 
why did they drop that safety back? You know, I'm always trying to get it. And I think, I think you're right. Football, having a kid or kids that have good high football IQ is very important to your program. You can have the best athletes in the world, but if they don't know up from down, you know, you're going to over, there's going to be a team that you run into that's got a kid or two that's got good football IQ and you're going to be in trouble. Yep. That's exactly right. I mean, it's just so funny. Like, that's one thing, too, that the players have gotten better athletically, of course. Mm-hmm. But I do think the IQ has gone down uh, overall. Um, not for everybody, for sure, but just overall. Oh, yeah. I just, I just don't think it's important to them like that anymore. Or, or Maybe there's just so much other stuff to do now. Mm-hmm. The social media, they're, they're, they're so distracted by so many things that I didn't have when I was growing up that I didn't have to worry about. Heck, I watch the games a lot, probably. I, I don't know this, but probably going back, so I wouldn't be bored. Not anything else to do. Yeah. No? yeah. Uh, and these kids got so much to do. Um, you know, and those, those guys that do are, are obsessed with it at the college level or at the high school level, those college coaches, we, I mean, when I was there, we would notice those kids that were obsessed with it. If you're obsessed with it, you got a chance to be really, really good. Um and what's funny about it, there's there's a couple coaches I won't name them because it's kind of their recruiting strategy strategy right now that I've been talking to that are really really passing on guys that are athletically better than other guys now based on intelligence. Hmm. Yeah. And they're winning, they're winning games a lot of them. Yeah. And, and a perfect example, and, and I don't know this, and this is not one of the guys I talked to, mm-hmm. but the perfect example is Colorado School of Mines in Division Two. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, up there in uh, Golden, they mm-hmm. or where I think it's Golden. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. they, uh, you know, they went to the national championship this year. They lost to Harding, um, which Harding runs the 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 wing wing triple option. They're great at it. They're awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, really good team. Now Colorado School of Mines has been to the national championship two years in a row. They lost it two years in a row, but I mean, all their kids are three point seven, three point eight GPAs, engineers, civil engineers. Um, their recruiting strategy, it seems, again, I haven't talked to that staff, but I've talked to some others that are modeling their staff after them based on how, you know, they'll take the smarter kid over the more athletic kid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, so, well, go ahead. Go ahead, sorry. And again, they're going, I mean, they're going 14-1, and one, you know, national champions, you know. And then these other schools, have, you know, these other two in particular that, that I'm, I'm kind of referring to um, are doing it. And then they're winning nine, ten games. So yeah. you know, um, at that level's no nothing, to, nothing to shake it, shake your head about. about yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean that kind of. I've been, I was sitting here thinking about. It. I mean that kind of makes sense. I'm sure it is hard to pass on a, on a stud athlete, but I mean it is kind of tried and true that, you know, kids that make good grades. I mean it just seems like they're they have a different mentality and a different, uh, uh, sense of hard work. You know. I mean, they're going to do what it takes to make that good grade or to make that play on the field to do what their coach t- says, be coachable. You know, things yeah. like those, those are the key. I can, I, that's not a bad strategy. You know, I, that's the understanding of how, you know, because, you know, back when we played, I'm not assuming your age because I really don't know how old you are, but back <laughs> when I played, we didn't ask why we were doing things. You just did it because. Yeah. Well, now. You do have to explain. They do want to know why, which is not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if you don't understand why after it's being explained and shown to you, well, you know, that's that's going to be an issue in college for sure if you're try, trying to go to that next level. 
Yep, yep. All right, Coach, I I could talk that stuff all day long, but I'll I'll let you go with these. I, I have these three questions I always ask people at the very end that's a little off the wall, so I'll get you out of here with these. <clears throat> okay, first question. What is something people would be surprised to hear that Matt Walter is bad at? Basketball. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I'm terrible at basketball. <laughs> You're just a football player. Uh, no, I was a good baseball player. played in college. Oh, but, oh okay, all right. You know, it is. I've always kind of thought that, you know, like when I grew up in, in the school I went to, it was a small school, I went to school at Fox, but it was like we had football, we had basketball, we had track, and then every once in a while we'd have baseball. And it was like, it, it was always, we were always pretty good at football and, and track, but we were always just kind of, eh, in basketball, because it's kind of a, it's a different type of athlete to play basketball. You know, I don't, I've always kind of thought that. And then, I mean, height matters. I mean, it does. Yes. Second question. If you could visit with any athlete or coach to pick their brain, past or present, who would it be? Kobe Bryant. No. <laughs> That's the quickest I think anyone's answered, man. Yeah, man. I, the more and more, I mean, I, I'm I'm 45 and I grew up in the Jordan era, so I'm always going to think Jordan's the best ever. But man, and there was a time whenever people were saying Kobe was, you know, going to be equal to Michael and all that stuff. But man, once he's gone and retired and you know, I kind of look back at him. He was, he was always what I referred to. He was a dog, you know. I mean, yeah. He had that, he, that Mamba mentality. I always kind of blew that off as just, oh, it's just some stuff. But, man, he was, he was going to, he didn't care what it took. He was going to get it done, you know. You hear the stories about him, and I can't remember the player, but one player came in early, and Kobe was already there. And then uh, the next day, he's like, I'm going to beat him there. And he came in 30 minutes earlier when Kobe was already there an hour earlier. <laughs> you know, just like, that. like he was never let you outwork him, outbeat him. Uh, and then you talk, you listen to how he talks now, or not now after he's passed. Mm -hmm. They're put, you, know, you got videos everywhere that uh, you can watch. Watch the interviews with him after he had retired, and he would kind of give out secrets of like, hey, how he did what he did. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, TED talks or whatever that, that he would be a part of. And and um, you know, what's funny about it is I'm 45 as well, but. Kobe, when I went to college, he was, my first freshman year was his first year in the NBA. Mm -hmm. This dude's my age, and he's in the NBA, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it was just like, we just, you just follow along the whole time. Yeah. And so you kind of like, I don't want to say grow up with him, that's, that's kind of awkward, no, but like, you do. I mean, you grow up mentally with what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I can relate to it. I can relate to his energy and his, his attitude and his effort. I mean, my, Mike was almost done when I was in, you know, I mean, what he won his last championship. 98. Your year of college or something like that. Yeah. Or maybe or senior year of high school. So he was already kind of done. Kind of. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Oh, yeah. 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 And it was, and yeah, when I was young, young, yeah, I was watching him. Um, Kobe always be my favorite basketball player. Yeah. 
Lee, unless somebody new comes along that just for some reason I like better for some reason. But Kobe's always my be- my favorite basketball player, and I look back a lot towards the things that he I don't want to say his teachings, but the things he talks about um, and related to our players and, and uh, how they could be and should be. And um, you know what's crazy about it is a lot of these these high school best players now they don't really have never really watched Kobe play no. you know and and so you got to pull up that tape pull up that that interview and show them you know show mm-hmm. them what that, that guy was actually about and um you know he may not have been as good a player as Jordan that's debatable everybody can debate that all they want but uh, mentality his mental toughness was as strong as it's ever been for uh, anybody oh yeah man I, I seen this video the other day I it was, I think, it was on the Redeem team that they that that was on Netflix, and it showed a little. The clip I saw was him uh, in the. I think it was the Olympic, the championship game against Spain, and it was like, runs up. Oh. yeah, runs through Powell, you know. And I was like, man, that's pretty. That's that's pretty. That's pretty hard right there. <laughs> you know? But I mean, that's just how he was. He was setting the tone, and it's just, yeah, I I agree that he would be one I would have on my short list of people I'd want to talk to. Now, there's another one though I've got to mention. This was my hero growing up watching football was Walter Payton. Yes. <laughs> Love to sit down and be able to talk to him. I, I had the good fortune to be able to talk to his son. Oh, man. We played them in 2003. We played Miami. I was at Louisiana Tech. Mm-hmm. And we played my, he was starting running back. And after the game, I sought him out. I, I grabbed him. I'm, I'm coaching. You know, mm-hmm. this is my first full time job. And I grab him, and I, you know, I'm talk, you know, I got to talk to him, and probably, he gave me probably five minutes of his time, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, so it was a moment I'll never forget. I mean, I'm sure he don't remember, but or he won't. I know he won't. But <laughs> it, it was just because watching Walter Payton is what made me fall in love with football, and that was the position I wanted to play. That's the position I played in college. Yeah, that's so, pretty cool. It, you know, it was uh, it was awesome to get to meet meet Jared. Um, they're on the field after they beat us. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but, you know, those two guys, Kobe Bryant and Walter Payton would be the two I'd want to sit down and be able to have a conversation with and pick their brain for sure. Yeah. All right, final question. <clears throat> okay, you're put on the spot and you have no choice but to sing a karaoke song. What's that song going to be? Oh, my. Okay. <laughs> and this one's going to take a minute. I don't know. Simple Man by Leonard Skinner. There you go. There you go. That's, that's a good one. That was good. I was going to pick one for you. I was going to say something from ACDC. <laughs> Just so you'd have to try to. Yeah. That, that, yeah. <laughs> uh, you took back to college right there for sure. Uh, you know, Nightlight up here in Alabama. Yeah. All right. Well, Coach, man, uh, thanks for visiting with me today. And, and good luck to you with your new team. And, and we look forward to seeing what you guys do this fall. Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Thanks again to Coach Walter for being on the podcast today, and thank you for listening. A new episode comes out every Sunday at 10 a.m. on your favorite podcasting site. And don't forget, every Wednesday at 3.30, check out Not So Instant Replay exclusively on the Kenny and the Coaches Facebook page. You can check out the Kenny and the Coaches official website in the description, and if you're on X, just search at Kenny Coaches. And don't forget, that's K-E-N-N-E-Y and the Coaches. Until next time. This episode was recorded on February 8th, 2024.